Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in UConn Women's Basketball Podcast. Like always, I am your host, Jacob DeLawrence. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore Della. And while you're on Twitter, go ahead and give Believe a follow as well at Believe Podcast because Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? I believe. And more importantly, I believe we got a rivalry that's getting restarted tonight. Time to light the fire again. I'm ready to go. Like I said in the last episode, I was going to give you a two-parter. This is part two. We're going to break down the latter, the latter years of the rivalry right before we came to this abrupt 13-year end. And we're going to do a little preview tonight of the, a couple keys to victory for Connecticut and how they can just go ahead and just stop Tennessee like old times' sake. Even though if you look at the history of the rivalry, a lot of these games have been really, really close. Albeit they've been a lot of one-two matchups, still tight games is the theme for this rivalry. Tonight, I'm feeling something a little different. I'm feeling the Huskies should be able to pull away. We shall see. But before we get into that, make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow this podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Leave a five-star review. Leave a comment. You got any opinions about the show, use the hashtag BelieveUConn. That's hashtag B-L-E-A-V-U-C-O-N-N. I check the hashtag frequently. I'll get back to you. Like I said, this is our podcast. It's a listener interactive show. So I want your thoughts and opinions. Now, it's part two. It's Connecticut. It's Tennessee. The game is tonight, 7 p.m. ESPN. Primetime, regular ESPN. Big marquee matchup. All the eyes of women's hoops right on this. I told you in the last episode the importance of this for not just Connecticut and Tennessee, but women's basketball in general. And women's sports in general. And actually, one day we're going to break down and have a nice episode about the impact of how Connecticut has made women's sports better as a whole. And believe it or not, or I should say, contrary to what people think, that Connecticut has killed women's basketball. It's quite the opposite. Without Connecticut, there's no South Carolinas. There's no Mississippi States. There's no Oregons, no Oregon States. You might still get your Stanford's. Tennessee was a blue blood before Connecticut became a powerhouse. So one day we're going to dive into that, but not today. We're going to focus on the last few years of the Connecticut-Tennessee rivalry and a little preview of tonight's matchup. But before we get to that, I just want to remind you guys, hey, believe we got over 190 shows. We're getting close to 200. So we got something for your interest and your hobbies, man. We got it. It doesn't matter what it is. We have it for you. All you got to do is go to Believe.com. Click on shows. It'll pull everything up. If you're just browsing just to see if something catch your eye, just hit a random page number. Scroll through. There's about 20 pages of podcasts. A lot coming soon. We got a lot of established great podcasts from Vanderpump to the Kansas City Chiefs to the Oakland Raiders. I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders now to Jason Brown from Last Chance You and his Slapdick podcast. We got podcasts about music, sports gossip, Hollywood gossip, any and everything Overwatch, it is all underneath the lovely umbrella of the Believe Podcast Network. That's why we are the number one podcast network for professionals. Now, let's get into it. Tennessee, Connecticut left off in the early 2000s. 
In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I stopped right about Sue Bird's first game, 2000, January of 2000. Connecticut beat Tennessee by seven. Another one-two matchup. Tightly contested game. You know, Connecticut pulled away. Cool. So now we go to the next matchup that year. February. Just, just a few weeks later. The Vols managed to pull one away. Samika Randall hit a game winner. It hurt. Tennessee was number four at that time. They knocked off number one Connecticut. However, you know the saying, he who laughs last, laughs the loudest. So we fast forward April 2nd. National title is on the line. Connecticut had only lost once at that point, and that one loss was to Tennessee. Connecticut gets their revenge, 71-52. to You can win. And you know what, Tennessee? You have that win in February. We'll take the win in April, and we'll cut down the nets and take the trophy with us. And that's exactly what Connecticut did. So three matchups that year. Connecticut wins two out of three, and they also win the most important one, the national title. We jump to December of that year. Another 1-2 matchup, a five-point victory for the Lady Huskies. Cool. Moving right along, business as usual. <clears throat> then we hop to February of 2001, same season. This is an interesting matchup because it came in a highly hyped matchup. Tamika Catchings of Tennessee, she was lighting things on fire. And then, boom, she has a knee injury. She's done for the season. And it becomes, oh, man, what is Tennessee going to do? Well, Tennessee, they let off, fed off of emotion that night, upset the Huskies 92-88. It was a tightly contested game. It was very emotional. Like I said, it was in Knoxville, so Tennessee had all that orange and white momentum behind them. You had that feeling of a true rivalry and a true slugfest. And the Vols picked up that matchup. Woohoo. Good one, Tennessee. Happy for you. And if you go back and ask people about that game, they say it was one of the best games in the rivalry. I, off the top of my head, I was, let's see, 2001. Oh, man, I was a wee little pup. I was about 12. Yeah, it's right about 12. I vaguely remember that game, watching it with my dad. I'm going to go pull it up, watch it, see exactly where I rank it. But from all the reports and the analysts, they say it's a top five matchup in the rivalry. Off the top of my head, I do remember that game being very tight and emotional. So there we go. Now we jump forward a year. No postseason matchup this year between Connecticut and Tennessee. Tennessee got bounced in the Sweet 16 that year. Connecticut, yeah, you know, they, they took a loss too. They had a couple injuries, though, and that kind of affected them. And they lost the game to Notre Dame in the national semifinals in the Final Four. Notre Dame were going to win the national title that year. All fine and dandy. But you know what happens when you lose a heartbreaker. You tend to come back the next year angry and with a purpose. That's what Connecticut did. 2002, you get a number one versus number six matchup. Connecticut-Tennessee. Tennessee has no chance in this game at all. Connecticut blows them out 79-56. It's the largest margin of victory in the series. And also, it took place in the largest, in front of the largest crowd of women's basketball history. Almost thirty thousand saw the game in tennis. I'm sorry, saw the game in San Antonio. So we have that. We jump to two thousand and three. We get an overtime game. Number three, Connecticut knocks off number five, Tennessee, sixty-three to sixty-two. A classic key, a classic key clutch Diana Taurasi moment. She came and hit a three with about eight seconds left in the game to send it to OT. 
UConn manages to get in the overtime, pull away from Tennessee, and hold on for a one-point victory. Then, boom, back in April. Once again, Connecticut-Tennessee national title game. Same result as usual. Connecticut knocks off Tennessee 73-68. Hop to 2004. Another beatdown by Connecticut over Tennessee, 81-67. Connecticut was number four at the time. Tennessee was number one. Then, oh, look, another national title matchup between Connecticut and Tennessee. And like the prior ones, Connecticut wins. We hop to 2005. Number 10, Tennessee beat number 15, Connecticut 68-67. We call this a down year for both programs as they were ranked in the top 15, as in they were number 10 and number 15, not in their usual top five spot. It's all good. And then we get to the next to last matchup, 2006. Number one, Tennessee beats number seven, Connecticut, by nine. The Vols managed to pull away. <laughs> and then we hop to 2007, the last time prior to the night that these two teams faced them, faced each other. Tennessee was number four. Connecticut was number five. Lady Vols managed to win that game by six. Candace Parker dropped 30 on the Huskies, including a dunk. I remember this game vividly because I was like, holy, she really just dunked on us. And I was like, well, that just sucked all the air out of this building. It's done. It's nothing we could do about it. We were down by as many as 18 at one point. We cut it. We erased it. But we just didn't have enough that night. Because like I said, when Candace Parker drops 30 and gives you 12 rebounds and 6 blocks and a dunk, odds are you're not winning. I'm sorry. Candace Parker was just that dominant of a force in college and in the pros. And that concludes the rivalry and the record. Just a refresher. Connecticut has the edge in the rivalry. Although they're currently on a three-game losing streak, Connecticut is up 13 games to nine. Five and two in the tournament against um, Tennessee. And four of those wins being for the national title. So, (laughs) you can have your three-game win streak, Tennessee. I'll take four and oh against you in the national title. So, it's really sweet to cut down the nets. It's even better when you beat a rival, whether it be Notre Dame, Mississippi State, Tennessee. It's all good. It just feels a little better. It's like, ah, not only did we win, but we made sure you didn't win. It is all good and great. So that's the that's the rivalry up to this point. I mentioned earlier that Maya Moore and her recruitment was an issue that kind of led to things. And yeah, it did. Because let's just backtrack a little. Hop to 2003, where things really started to um, bubble over between Pat Summit and Geno. There was a point where Tennessee reached out to uh, Harry Pareto from Villanova, one of Geno's best friends in the business. And she was like, hey, I need some help with my offense. Can you uh, kind of help me out? Harry was like, yeah, sure. I'll come help you out. No problem. <laughs> he was friends with Geno. Geno found out. Geno was like, okay, cool. Harry dumped me for the evil empire. You know, it's a trademark Gino quip. It's Gino being Gino. He's going to talk his noise. Pat didn't take it that way. I'm assuming Pat didn't quite catch the Star Wars reference. And also, there's a East Coast Northern reference of the Yankees and the Red Sox. Red Sox being the underdogs. The Yankees being referred to as the evil empire. It kind of rubbed Pat the wrong way. <laughs> so we have that. And then 2004. Connecticut knocked off Tennessee again for the national title. So you see things are starting to build up a little bit. A little animosity. 2006. Connecticut takes an L to Tennessee, like I mentioned earlier. 
Tennessee. And the interesting thing about the 2006 matchup is that that year, neither Tennessee nor Connecticut made it to the Final Four. So that was a very interesting year. And then April of 2006, Maya Moore, highly recruited recruit coming out of high school. Tennessee thought they had her in the bag. Moore commits to Connecticut. That is the catalyst for the end of this rivalry because Pat Summit was like, I'm done. And then she filed a report with NCAA saying, hey, they have some shady, questionable recruiting tactics. You might want to take a look into them. Gino didn't respond kindly to it. And even though that Pat never gave a technical official reason, every time somebody asked her, she would just say, Gino knows why. Oriema knows why. They know why. And Oriema would always respond, and it's like, ah, oh, Pat personally just doesn't like me. She hates my guts. And, you know, for the past 13 years, it's been, nah, man, it's Tennessee's fault. It's Pat's fault from Connecticut side. Tennessee's like, nah, nah, man, it's Gino. If you ain't have the Italian from Philly with the foul mouth and bad attitude, we would still be playing if you didn't do shady stuff. It's banter. It's back and forth. It is what it is. Then 2008, we <laughs> almost had a Tennessee-Connecticut matchup. And then it was set up in the final. It was set up in the brackets. Didn't happen. And it's like, all right, cool. That's great. Stanford knocked off Connecticut to stop the meeting. And then Tennessee beat Stanford and won the national title. It was Pat Summit's last national title. It's all good. And like I said, back to um, Maya Moore. It seems it's the theme because this continued on for a while in regards to why this didn't get played and some more of the animosity between the two coaches. Gino, in April of 2008, was like, she accused us. She she just doesn't have the courage to say it publicly. And that's been Gino's stance. And he's just like, it's passive. It doesn't hurt me. Some people, that's just their style. They're passive-aggressive, always wanting someone else to blame for what's going on. You could take that as a shot. You take that as disrespect. It was probably all things intended and meant. And Gino has stood by that over time. And that is it. That is basically the end of any outside comments, whatnot. Until 2010, during media day, Pat Summit said there's a reason Tennessee no longer plays UConn. Again, referencing back to Maya Moore and the recruiting issues. And Connecticut Publications was like, ah, you know, it's a little bit of a witch hunt. You know, so I found it. Somebody even called her a jealous witch. Things just have not been clean and cordial over the course, especially while they weren't playing. It's just always been ugly. 2011, Tennessee starts to fall off. She steps down. She being Pat Summit. You get a new coach in. Tennessee struggles. Connecticut continues on being Connecticut. Here's an interesting moment. March of 2012, Pat Summit and Gina Oriema actually kind of cordial with each other. They talked during the Final Four, hugged, had a little moment. And the thing is, for as much flack as people give Gino for his dislike or behavior in regards to Pat Summit, him and his wife have been the early, some of the earliest donors to the Pat Summit Foundation, and Gino often contributes to that donation, to that foundation. Matter of fact, this game, a lot of the proceeds will go toward that foundation as well. So for all the flack that you can say how Gino felt about Pat and everything... He at least still donated, contributed, and will still do that. And then we go to August of 2018. 
is when it becomes official that, hey, the rivalry is back in 2020. You'll go to Hartford in 2020, go down to Knoxville the next year. Like I said, proceeds go to Pat Summit Foundation. And it's like we never missed a beat. And then we have the Avena Westbrook leaving Tennessee, transferring to Connecticut. And the Huskies being like, all right, cool. Transfer waiver here at NCAA. Here's like 400 pages of paperwork. We should be good. NCAA's like, nope. We're like, okay, fine. We'll appeal. Here's some more paperwork. Nope. And then Gino makes his comment about Philip Fulmer and Tennessee being a mess. And he's like, if you knew what the environment was, you wouldn't want your kid in that environment. Saying that, uh, you know, it's a mess down there. <laughs> Coach Warlick told ESPN that Oriama was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of fair. And she said, I quote, I hate where it come to this, but nobody except the NCAA made the decision to throw us under the bus. I think it's kind of crazy. We produced a lot of not only great players, but quality people from that program. And that was back in November. That has basically been it up until this week with Gino's comments about it not being the same. It's the same for fans. We believe. We know it's the same. We still hate Tennessee. It is still go time. I don't want to see Orange. And looking at tonight's matchup, Connecticut is going to have to cut down on turnovers. It's that simple. They're going to have to play a game similar to what they played against Tulsa. If you can limit Tennessee's ability to attack, hit shots, you'll be great. Alabama did a great job of making that game ugly and forcing Tennessee to play a non-Tennessee game. And Tennessee was like, oh, man, what are we going to do? It took a buzzer beater to knock off Alabama. So if you can get Tennessee a little flustered, frustrated, you have a high chance of winning the game. So Connecticut's going to need a solid game from Olivia Nelson. Williams is going to have to produce. But most importantly, they're going to have to play solid team defense. Tennessee is a team that looks to score. They look to shoot the three. They're very aggressive, and they trust each other. So what you saw from Connecticut on Sunday against Tulsa, you need to see again. That swarming defense where ball moves, head and feet move. It feels like six people are on the court. Connecticut is going to win this game primarily based upon their defensive pressure. If they can force Tennessee into mistakes, into pressure, into situations where Tennessee's like, oh, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? All right, what, what, what can we do? Like, if you just rattle Tennessee a little bit, that's the key. It's not allowing Tennessee to be comfortable, to move the ball, to feel good about themselves. Because if Tennessee comes out and they hit a couple of shots, it's going to be like, all right, they have some feeling, they're good, and it's a rivalry game. That's all you need to do is give a rival a little bit of hope. And that's all they need to carry themselves. And they might mess around and upset Connecticut. If you want to look at this for, if you want to find a game that you could think and be like, all right, how does Tennessee fare against high level competition? Tennessee lost to Stanford 78 to 51. So if you're a Huskies fan, you're like, all right, we can hang with Stanford. It's a similar style as us. And Tennessee didn't handle that well. So we should be able to get them. Again, rivalry game, throw it all out the window. My key to this game is defense. And being smart with the ball on offense. If you cut down turnovers, if you get around that 12 turnovers that you average, you'll do great. If you're Connecticut, everything will be good. If not, it might be a long day in Hartford. And the one key, here's my sleeper key to the game, is going to be the bench of Connecticut. If Makarot and company can deliver like they've been delivering, if you get a solid contribution from the bench, 
Connecticut should win this game going away with no problems. If the bench struggles and you're relying on your starting five and Irwin doesn't step up to compensate for the bench, Tennessee might pull the upset. However, I have the Huskies winning by 10 points. We'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it, as I'm sure that you guys are as well. Like I said, Connecticut, Tennessee, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN. It's going to be a great game. I got the Huskies winning. (laughs) No bias. Okay, there's a lot of bias there, but that's it for this episode, guys. I just want to let you know, give you a little more breakdown of the rivalry and a quick little preview. Until next time, make sure you follow me on Twitter at underscore JDella, as well as Believe at Believe Podcast. Just remember, we're UConn. You're not. Sorry, not sorry. In Gino, we trust. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.